What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Fitness Stuff Podcast, where our goal is to make exercise and nutrition science practical. We're here to expose misinformation in the industry by providing only evidence-based education. Where today we're talking about where we burn calories throughout our day, specifically your total daily energy expenditure. Tony, how are we today? You didn't forget about me. <laughs> I would never forget about you. <laughs> so, I'm so good. I'm actually yeah. really good. I've been yeah. sleeping in. I got an extra hour of sleep. Got a good workout, which I didn't. We didn't even talk about this. I started taking another day off a week, and it's working wonders. I downed it from five days a week to four days a week. From the gym. Yeah, my body's feeling incredible. Oh, awesome. We love yeah. that. I know. How are you? I'm great. Had a short week this week. It's a long weekend, holiday weekend, so I'm feeling pretty rested, but also stressed at the same time, but we're getting after it. That's all we do. Yeah. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's pull up this video. Let's pull all up right. this special video. Special video. What video are we watching today? We've seen this before. What video are we watching today? We've seen this before. You guys have probably seen it before. How to burn off a medium McDonald's French fry, I think it is. We're gonna t he's going to tell us exactly how to do it, like foolproof way, and we're going to review it. Perfect. <laughs> All right, I'm going to bring it up. All right, I just, this is our, I love this. You know how long you'd have to exercise to burn off one medium fry from McDonald's? Well, moderate pace walking will take you one hour, 19 minutes. An intense workout, 49 minutes. Be sure to comment down below what food you want me to do next. Short, sweet, to the point. How to develop an eating disorder 101. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. I think so. That was ridiculous. But that's just simply not how your metabolism works. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That's just simply not how your metabolism works. There's the term that you brought up in the beginning, right? There's this thing called your TDEE or your total daily energy expenditure. It's where you burn calories in a day. And only about 5 to 15% of the calories you're burning come through exercise, meaning almost all of it is coming from other places like your digestion, your non-exercise movement, your basal metabolic rate. These things are coming from all over the place. Exercise is just a little sliver. So you don't have to earn the calories you eat through food, right? You don't have to earn them. That's just a lack of understanding of how the body actually works. You're much better off just focusing on those bigger pieces of the puzzle, like your daily step count, your sleep, not sitting all day, things like that. And that's what we're going to dive into is how to maximize each piece of your TDEE so you can stress less. And I mean, it's just, again, thinking you have to earn the food you eat is just a disordered way of thinking. Like it just, it's yeah. one, it's non-logical, right? But two, it stems just like the idea of having to earn something as basic as food, which is yeah. just a silly idea at all. But it, it stems in your brain. We were talking about this. It's, I remember it specifically from my childhood with Halloween candy and the teachers, your mom, every, everyone would tell you like, oh, those two Reese's Pieces or whatever, right? Reese's Cups, those are going to take you 45 minutes on whatever he just said treadmill or it's going to take you 10,000 jumping whatever it is did you where yeah. did you see that kind of stuff oh it was honestly it got more popular for me in college I think I was lucky that I grew up without one of those moms that was like mm. oh you, you got to go to the gym after you eat that or I can't eat this or else I'm gonna have to go run a million miles but in college it was really like after drinking I'm gonna go to the gym and burn off the calories from the alcohol that I drank or the pizza that I ate or whatever it may be. Yeah. And I remember always being like, what? Like, what do you but mean? It, <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's just, I feel like it's instilled in everyone since they were a kid. Cause it, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like when people have yeah. a basic understanding of calories, it's, oh, calorie, you know, we throw around calorie deficit all the time. And I think yeah. me and most people just lack a little bit of an understanding when they actually talk about a calorie deficit. 
but you hear calories in calories out. The only thing in your head when you think burn calories is, oh, exercise. That's the only mm -hmm. thing people think of. So it makes sense. It's not a, a silly way of thinking on a surface level of, oh, I just ate this. I have to go exercise this amount. But then you start to realize how hard it really is to burn calories through, <laughs> through exercise. It's oh, really easy to eat. It's mm -hmm. really easy to eat calories. It's really hard to burn calories. So and, uh, it just, I mean, that just looks at our bodies. If we actually assume this to be true, being as simple as calories in, calories out. That's it. That it, Calories in, calories out, completely equal. The food you eat, you can burn off just as easily. Like that's what it assumes. And it's, no, it's not that simple. <laughs> yeah, it's not that. Yeah, it, it was a simple, not easy concept to understand because although it's 100% yeah, factual, <laughs> yeah, it's 100% factual in order to lose weight and you have to be in a calorie deficit in order to gain weight, you have to be in a calorie surplus, but it's a lot more complicated and dynamic of a problem than that. And that's why we wanted to expand on this thing called TDEE, which the sad thing is, I don't even think a lot of coaches today fully understand what the TDEE is, which is the second part of that equation. Your mm -hmm. calories in, the food you eat, the food you drink, food you drink, the calories you drink, <laughs> the calories out is the literally half of that equation, but people just kind of skip over that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, They just chalk it up to exercise when it's so much deeper than that. So let's talk about how we can get the most out of the other pieces of our day. Because mm -hmm. exercise, I think you and I both agree with, with this, is you don't exercise to burn calories. No. You exercise to get stronger. You exercise to improve your overall metabolic rate. You exercise to hold and build lean body mass most of the time. Like that's, that's yeah. a, and to stay healthy, right? You don't exercise mm -hmm. to burn calories. Is that how you and see it? I, I totally agree. And if you're listening to this right now and your mindset currently is, I go to the gym to burn calories. I work out to burn calories. I want you to change that right away because that is not sustainable. That is not enjoyable. And that's not mm -hmm. going to fuel your long-term goals that you may have. That's an extrinsic driver of motivation. It sucks. Change it up. Have something else. I, I, I hate that. I do really. Yeah, do. <laughs> it's, it, but that's how people kind of view it. It's, it's I got to go. It's like that. The purpose of working out is to burn calories. It's like, no, yeah. it's not right. It's no. not the, you're much wiser off, like playing the long game. That's why I think more people are starting to understand. Like, oh, strength training is massively important for pretty much anybody, no matter the goal, not just focusing on cardio, 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 because that's yeah. where the most calories are burned in the moment. Mm -hmm. They never look on after the session's over. So, yeah. uh, Let's start by taking this piece by piece. Now, you and I both agree, and I think a lot of coaches are starting to understand this more, the biggest or most malleable piece of your metabolic rate. And I guess, let me go over real quick the other pieces. Yes. Outside of just, you know, briefing over them like we did in the beginning. So mm -hmm. the TDEE, your TDEE, is made up of something called, I mean, made up of four pieces. Number one, right, the smallest piece on the very top is called your EAT, or your exercise activity thermogenesis, right? This is where you burn calories through exercise, what we talked about. That's about 5 to 15%. It's completely different for every single person, every single workout, but it usually falls within there. The next and usually bigger chunk is something called TEF, or the thermic effect of food. And I can't wait to go a little deeper on this because it's a little bit more complicated than I think people realize. But TEF is the thermic effect from food. People realize you burn calories digesting the food you eat, and that's actually a little bit malleable as well, yeah. based on different practices. The next is your NEAT or your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is the most malleable. This is where most people could really maximize the output, what we'll talk about. But 
the calories that you burn through non-exercise movement. So not in the gym, me talking with my hands all day, walking, step count, exactly shaking your leg, tw any twitching, step count during the day, sitting versus standing. That is the most malleable piece and where most people have the most room to improve. And then the largest chunk, right? Your basal metabolic rate, making up somewhere around 70% of the calories you burn a day. That's just how many calories you burn at rest. If you lay in bed, that's just how many calories are burned just sustaining life. But people also don't realize how much they can suppress that through things like stress, poor sleep quality, like things like that over the time and not holding on to lean body mass, which we'll get into. But mm -hmm. that's a rundown of where you're actually burning them through the day. And you can kind of see, oh, exercise is really a little Tiny sliver. Piece. Yeah. Little sliver. So if, and most people have the goal of fat loss, but if you're trying to gain muscle too, calories out matters. It's the second part of that equation. Let's start dissecting of how we can maximize this. I think so most people can start to realize it's a little bit bigger of a picture than exercise. I mean, yeah, I even started this podcast by saying I exercise less now. And I think I'm going to be making yeah. more progress <laughs> exercising four times a week than I was five times a week, mm -hmm. which most people just think is a little bit backwards. But yeah, let's start with... I think let's start with neat that chunk yeah. just because you and I are big fans of neat, right? Mm -hmm. Non-exercise activity and why this is the most malleable. So this one, again, is anywhere from five to, I think around 20%. Yeah. It's, it's just a massive gap because of if you're very sedentary, you're not burning hardly anything here. You just sit down during the day, you sit eight, nine hours for work, you go home, you sit on the couch and watch Netflix and you eat like you're just not burning that many calories moving yep. through the day. Where can people realistically improve this is yeah. what I want to ask you. Yeah. So I think about that in terms of all of, so neat, I think of non-structured movement, not I'm going to do this with the goal of exercising or being physically active. So think about doing chores could be neat, walking around while you're on the phone, standing up at a desk. I know that a lot of people fidget, move their hands, like movement that is not structured it's not forced there's no intention of oh this is physical activity i'm exercising so i think that that is something people forget about so often but it is the most malleable in the sense that you can change it you you can change this component of your tdee whereas the other components you can't change as much so whenever Tony and I talk, about, I know we talk about this a lot on our own pages. We've talked about this before on the podcast, moving throughout the day. And we're not talking about going for a walk, but getting up, not sitting down. If you work at an office, doing some laps around your office. Did you say hops around your office? Laps, but you can also oh, hop. Um, hops in the office. Well, some people have those like exercise balls as their chairs. Yeah. So like bouncing up and down, that's where all, that's where your neat comes from. Something that I find very fascinating is people with ADHD on average have a higher neat than other people that don't yeah. have ADHD, which makes a lot of sense because you're a little bit more fidgety. You're moving around a lot more. Also people with anxiety tend to have higher neat because maybe they shake or, or twitch or have to keep themselves occupied in situations where they're feeling anxious. So there is Which, there is work you can do to increase it. You just have to think about it a little bit more. Okay, where are some areas where I can almost hack my energy expenditure? Because like, realize can I... this is a huge chunk of your day. Your exercise yeah. is usually squeezed within an hour. People are like, how much can fidgeting actually burn? It's like, well, if you're fidgeting for six hours, it's like that really. And we're not telling people like, oh, start fidgeting. Yeah. But just look at like areas in your day, like you're saying, 
can you get up? Can you space the day out with some breaks around the desk? That's the biggest thing that I think we both do mm-hmm. is instead of increasing cardio or increasing exercise for clients, it's like, okay, let's just aim for eight to 12,000 step count. Yeah. Let's start by breaking up the day. If you work in an office, hourly little like five minute walk, get up, yep. go to the water cooler, use the restroom, go peek at the sun, come back in. It's five minutes. But if you do that 10 times a day, it's almost an hour. It, it, yep. it just adds up so much more than people think. You're leaving like hundreds of calories on the table by living completely sedentary versus very active mm-hmm. through your day. Walking around when you have phone calls instead of taking a seat. Mm-hmm. So, and honestly, even just sitting, it, it sounds silly, but like those medicine balls versus a chair just sitting back here, even just sitting up, you're burning a little bit more just by holding yourself stable on your that posture. ball. Yeah. And I... I think it's so funny. I've my whole life and I will continue to do this. I'm taking this to my grave. I refuse to take an escalator. I will yes. not take it Wait, unless really? it's my really. And those mats Same. at the a- airport. Nope. Unless if it's my only way, like obviously if I have to get somewhere, I refuse elevators. If I can take the stairs, I'm taking the stairs like okay, that I is... would, at the airport. My girlfriend gets pissed at me because I have my suitcases and it's like, go down the stairs when everyone's on the Mm -hmm. escalator but for real it's it's the best most people are not well which this isn't a good thing but most people aren't on the stairs if there's an escalator so it's less crowded empty stairs are empty (laughs) yeah and that's just something that is habit for me so it's not really something i have to i ever have to think about i've always done this my 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 mom was like this growing up so i had that influence but it's just become a habit i don't even think even though i see the escalator there i don't even think about it it's just there and i go to the stairs naturally and things like that over time especially if you're going to an office every day you live in a city there's a lot of ways you can hack your Mm -hmm. movement that being an example simple thing I actually started that funny thing because I didn't even think about it like that. I thought of it one day because I think I was talking to a friend about just being in a wheelchair, not having access to be able to walk. So I was like, how dare I freaking take the escalator when certain people like can't physically take the stairs. So I was like, okay, rule in my book. It's like, if there's ever stairs, I'm just going to take them because I am actually able to. You're able-bodied. So, but I didn't even think about that, but it's simple things like that because you do, you don't realize how many times you encounter like modern society is kind of made living as easy as possible like that's kind of what the goal has been to do so it's making like movement everything it's like how can we take the much most movement out as possible things like that that's our built that i think i just made it i did just make a tiktok on this the other day that's america's built it's called the built environment we make it so easy to not move mm-hmm. by having the escalators having the stairs w- not within your vision having to go like the extra mile to take the stairs versus taking an escalator or an elevator and it's so easy to get from point a to point b without having to do any physical movement i mean there is that's a large part of why when you see look at european countries they move they walk so much more their obesity rates are a lot lower their stress rates are a lot lower people talk about their digestion being so much better you're you're moving all the time Mm -hmm. like even if yeah. you work, it's just how our society is structured. And a lot of that is like, okay, I don't have control over how my environment is built, but I can get strategic about how I move about this built environment. Big time. And I'm it's even, about that. <laughs> it's even small things. Like it's like, okay, well, people are like, well, I don't encounter escalators or elevators, but it's like you like, 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 as I said that a hundred times, 
But even just as simple as one thing I did is if I'm on calls now where it's not a video, I'll just get up and walk around my living room, just moseying around instead of sitting down. Cause I was like, I'm sitting. I'm a fitness coach. I'm sitting down like seven, eight hours a day. I'm like, this is not right. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I bought a standing place. desk. I like. Yeah, it's it's things like that where it's just like you just look for those little areas of opportunity to do it. And I know some people will find reasons to, I can't because I got to be locked on my computer, do this stuff like that. Okay. You eat a few times per day, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take a 10 minute walk after each meal, which isn't only going to be great for your digestion, but it's going to help you move a lot more through the day, like structured yeah. around those time breaks where you already have breaks. So don't say you don't have the time to walk five or 10 minutes when you eat because you do. Yeah. So it's just, if you can't remember, set a timer on your phone, 30 minutes out of your day. And that's also, mm -hmm. I mean, our capitalist society where it's just like work, work, work. Oh no, I always have to be working. No, you, you do have 30 minutes in your day to walk. Mm -hmm. You absolutely do. Bring uh, down the patriarchy. I, yeah. yeah. So that's, <laughs> And even honestly, to the next point, and the last point on this too, is like we were saying, instead of adding cardio into your routine, if you're stuck here, like a nice piece of looking at that out is people always are like, I got to add more cardio. I got to add more 20 minutes to the end of my workout. I would say, and I don't know about your client roster, my client roster now, I think less than 15 to 20% are doing more structured cardio in the gym. And their main goal is walk. Cause I would rather walk 10,000 steps a day. That's what I do with Spend an extra 20 yeah. minutes at the gym on the treadmill, on the stair climber, on anything else. I would rather just go take an extra couple of walks with my dog, move yep. out because you don't realize you're burning more calories doing that than you would be if you just sat at the gym for 15 or 20 minutes on the stair climber. Yeah, or on the elliptical or something mm -hmm. like that. I, it's so funny whenever I like first give out my programs, I like people always ask me, where's, where's, the where's cardio? my cardio? What's my cardio day? I'm like, do you see the walking in here? Do you see our goal to be eight to 10,000 steps? That's your cardio. Exactly. Like, yeah, people never see it like weight. that. No. How much do you walk during the day? Are you walking during the day? No. All right. Then we can get rid of the idea that mm -hmm. you just do two 30-minute cardio sessions a week. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. People always want to see the cardio. It's just, let's mm -hmm. do this. It's simple. It's not going to increase your hunger. It's not going to take any recovery. This is something you can yeah. easily do every day and make good progress. For mental health. Oh, incredible. Yeah. The, the, and that's just the, the first level of benefits is just the calorie and the yeah. movement. The secondary benefits, okay, your digestion, your mental health, your things like that, which all skyrocket. Digestion too absolutely yeah. huge so that is a sum of neat and where most people don't realize they've got 23 hours outside of the gym a day most of it could be spent doing something a little bit more active there now yeah. the next one i want to touch on because this is actually something that even in the last few years i didn't know about or i didn't know about until the last few years was your tef your thermic effect of food because people used to think this was driven right so tef again is how many calories your body burns just digesting the food it eats this yep. is where I think it was like, you you probably were around for this eight to 10 years ago. It became a thing where it's like, oh, if you eat smaller, more frequent meals through the day, you oh. burn more calories throughout, <laughs> right? Six, 400 calorie meals are going to burn more calories through TEF than two 1200 calorie meals. That was kind of like the thought process. You got to yeah. space out. And I think it still kind of lingers around. People think smaller, more frequent meals burn. It's not. TEF is yeah. driven by total calorie intake. Doesn't matter the size or timing. If you have yeah. one 2,400 calorie meal and six 400 calorie meals, make sure I did that math. You're going to burn the same amount from that calorie intake. Now, that's where I had left it. That kind of opened the door for things like intermittent fasting, things like that when that idea was understood. But where I'm more, I guess, looking into it is the Harvard research over the last few years has really dissected it. Of, okay, each macronutrient now has a different thermic effect, meaning mm -hmm. protein versus carb versus fat. Your body 
processes these, metabolizes these a, a lot differently. Some require a lot more energy, some require a lot less energy. And the numbers that actually, I think if I threw this up on some social media, your body's burning roughly 25 to 30% of the calories you eat through protein in the digestion process. That is huge. Like that, that's a quarter to a third almost of the calories you eat through protein are being digested, just digesting it. Where carbs are down to about 10 to 15%, so about half of that. And fats are as little as, I think it's even one to five, but one to three mm -hmm. is like even the smaller one, one to 3%. Meaning if I have 100 calories consumed through pure fat, I'm only burning a couple calories digesting that, where if I have 100 calories from protein, I'm burning 25 to 30, which multiply that through a day, right? A very high protein, moderate to low fat diet versus a very high fat, low protein diet. There's one, 200 plus calories just in that digestion process, let alone the digestion, secondary effects, things that help in that manner. But I think people don't realize that's another added benefit of a high protein diet is oh, for sure. you're improving that piece of it. Now, the big piece, BMR, basal metabolic rate, that's a little bit more tricky piece of the puzzle. Yes. Now, it is largely set to the individual, but I think a lot of things that go into it that most people don't really realize is things like how much lean body mass you carry. This is not, BMR is not something you can just increase by eating more protein and walking like neat yeah. and tough. We could change those two pieces by tomorrow. Your BMR yeah. is not and just something is, you could just increase tomorrow. Yeah. This is also the piece, like when you think about, oh, well, my people ever saying, oh, my genetics, it, I can't lose one. This has a lot of issues with it, but this saying of, oh, I can't lose weight because of my genetics, I have bad genetics. Well, BMR is l largely genetically mm -hmm. driven, but what Tony's going to get into, like there are still ways where, okay, maybe we could change it a little bit, but it also has the most variable variables that make it different from person to person mm -hmm. to person. So you can't just say, oh, this is, it's the same for everyone. It's totally not. This is definitely mm -mm. the most individual component of TDEE. Big time. Yeah. It's, it's largely given to you. So everyone's kind of got their given set. I don't want to say set point because it's not what it is, but their given starting point. Yeah. Right. Everyone's going to have a very unique and individual, but that doesn't mean you can't move it in the right direction. And I think the coolest piece of it, and there's things like controlling your overall stress, which impacts your hormone function, controlling your sleep, same thing. The biggest piece of this one, which actually was surprising me, we were talking about this last time we were going back and forth. It was that research done at Duke that was looking at your metabolic, especially your BMR as you age, because it's kind of like the old, I mean, not even old, that old school, because this is just coming out. But the thought process of as you get older, your metabolism just slows down. You just burn less calories as you get older. That's kind of just common law thought. This research paper, do you remember I was talking about this? Yep. Okay, perfect. It was looking at your BMR in relation to lean body mass as you age. And the coolest thing they found is from the ages of about 18 years old to 60 years old, your metabolic rate does not decline dependent on lean body mass, meaning me as a 20 year old and me as a 60 year old, if I have the same amount of muscle tissue, lean body mass is more than muscle tissue, but that's what you can pretty much control. If I have the same amount of muscle tissue at 60 as I do 20, my resting metabolic rate's not changing. It, it's no. pretty much staying right there. But why people think that way is as you age, if you're not weight training, if you're not having a high protein diet, 
you're naturally going to start losing that lean body mass, which is going to lower yeah. your overall your muscle muscle protein synthesis or protein turnover starts to slow. So that rate at which you're building muscle slows. So that's why it is so important to resistance train. But that's where a lot of the misconceptions come from is, oh, this must mean that my whole, it's it's really not even BMR. People just say, oh, your, your metabolism, like yeah. you said, it's, yeah, my, my metabolism slowed, slowed down. And it's like, not well, yet. Age, age plays a really, really small, it's a factor, but tiny yeah it makes it makes things, things a little bit more challenging but that's not what causes it to yeah to mm-hmm. to lower which i think is just super interesting because that's where another thing that we're talking about like in the cardio versus weight training sector of people are obsessed with burning calories in the gym burning calories in the gym which cardio you can't do better than cardio for burning immediate calories number of calories but where weight training comes in is over years you can build and maintain lean body mass which is going to have that large of an effect on your overall output that's one of the biggest things i think where people a lot of times struggle when they tend to lose weight lose weight lose weight is they don't focus on maintaining their lean body mass so they keep dropping their calories they keep increasing their cardio and then they get stuck and they're like i don't know where else to go it's like well you burnt away the like a massive furnace in your metabolism that is your muscle tissue a massive furnace Kachi coughing. I've been waiting for that. Sorry. I've been waiting for that. She gives me crap all the <laughs> At time. At least I moved my mic I away. There's episodes where I cough like a hundred times and I forget to mute. But I was wait- I was I've been waiting for that for like three episodes. I'm like, I'm gonna catch her. <laughs> but people waste don't realize how much of an absolute furnace their muscle tissue is and how much that can go forward. I was just talking to my friends on the beach the other night about this. In the bodybuilding community, it's like it's not uncommon to be eating five thousand, six thousand calories a day on a bulk when they're just so muscular, have so much mass, because you are just tearing through the food you eat just to maintain everything. If you have a lot of muscle, you don't realize how much flexibility that gives you in what foods you can eat. It's massive. And this is not to say like, oh, if you work out more, you can eat more, which I feel like (laughs) gets like, it's not an excuse to, oh, just like, oh, I can go eat anything I want. I'm going to go eat shit. And no, it's like, the volume of your meals and the amount of protein you need is so much higher. Your appetite increases. Like, so yeah, the, just, just a disclaimer there. Good <laughs> freaking check. Good check. So, but it, but it's absolutely massive. So these are all different factors. I mean, we spent the last, I mean, it's a, we've been here for 30 minutes, 25 minutes has been talking about things other than exercise. Yeah. I, f- I feel like there's, this is kind of going <laughs> off of what you were just talking about, but I there's also this component of people in their 20s, maybe late teens a bit, but largely in their 20s, especially in the health and fitness space, there's no longevity mindset Mm-mm. like at all. It's very rare to have a longevity mindset in terms of I'm doing this for the long term. It's really like I'm doing this to look this way to short term goals. Yeah. Once you start focusing on a longevity mindset, which is a lot of what Tony is, whether he did it consciously or not, but in terms of, all right, I'm going to cut it back to four days. How is that going to optimize, one, my strength training, like form, how I perform in the Mm -hmm. gym, my recovery, especially in the long term, as you age, recovery is so much more important. And resistance training prevents a lot of lean muscle loss. It prevents issues with your joints. It prevents people from having to get hip and knee replacements. There is so much to it. 
And when you're thinking about it that way, which most people don't like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym and really work on my form and compound movements and recovery and and not push myself too hard so I can be cool when I'm 60. Yeah, people, <laughs> most people don't do people that. People don't think of like 10, 15, 20 years from now, which is kind of a secondary thought that I'm just that kind of sprung up in my head. But it's, I heard this. It's like, what's the number one reason get people get checked into assisted living? Do you know? It's it's because of mo is it because of mobility? Because they can't get off the toilet. Because they can't get off the they don't have the they don't yeah. have the lower body strength to do one half rep of a body weight squat to get themselves on the toilet. So they need someone to be there to assist them with all those movements. That's it. Yeah. They don't have the strength and they're like, yeah. tell me the quality of life. And I know this sounds silly because we're in our twenties, but I tell people this all the time. I'm like, that's what I'm ultimately wanting to set myself up for. Cause if you're 50 and you've never worked out before. Is it too late? No, but it's going to be a lot harder for you to push that needle back because just quality of life, when you're in assisted living, I think you can guarantee if you have 10 years in assisted living versus out of assisted living, quality of life's not the same, yeah. no matter your age. That's important. And I mean, this is sarcopenia, which is the age-related and involuntary loss of skeletal muscle mass and, and strength, that be, can begin as early as age 40. And this is a linear progression. So because this is a, a linear progression, you can delay this progression mm -hmm. and you can kind of help it. It's, it's going to happen. It's, it's inevitable. But you can delay the rate at which you lose this muscle mass through resistance training. And people don't think about that. And it completely changes your quality of life and what you're able to do and the freedom you have when you're older. People on average lose up to 50% of their skeletal muscle mass when they're 80 years old. So that's why the majority of people mm -hmm. are in assisted living homes. Can't do anything. Yeah, there's even an interesting look at, I think it was overall just quadricep strength in relation yeah. to all-cause mortality. And it is a ridiculously closely correlated line to when you separate people into four groups of who's got the strongest mid, lower mid, and lowest strength in their quadriceps, the lifespan. And all-cause mortality yeah. rates. It's ridiculous how closely those are tied in. And it just makes sense. Like lean body mass is important. But even like you're saying, I think once you start shifting on the long term, why I shifted from five days to four days, I'm guaranteeing now, I can't say this for, I mean, I'm going to give a guarantee. I'm going to be making more progress working out four times a week than five times a week. Because five times I Should was- we hold you to that? <laughs> yeah, progress updates. No, but it's it's, I was getting- a little like the small injuries, shoulder pain, back pain, things like that kept springing up to really make mm -hmm. sure that I wasn't training as hard as I could be where four days I'm well recovered. Each session is getting much more intense and I can actually give that intensity to it because I'm well rested and well recovered versus just dragging myself in there to go through the motions. Doing less in the gym is going to give me much more progress outside of the gym. And yeah. people have to start realizing sometimes, especially when it comes to training, more is not better. More yeah. is not better, especially mm -hmm. if you want to eat some French fries. Just eat some freaking French fries and move on. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. you're eating. You're eating the French fries. Why would you ruin that by thinking about how you're going to burn them off? Yeah. Like we said the, the last time, you don't think about it's like, oh, I just ate a salad. You never think about how many miles you have to walk when you eat a salad. Same thing. You're consuming calories. Why are you not measuring that? Stop measuring. Yeah. What you consider healthy versus unhealthy foods. To that kind of standard. Yeah. And I'm not sure what he even based that off of, but giving just a universal it's, it's, number it, yeah. for, for everyone, you're treating every single person as exactly the same. We, we could have picked apart that video in quite a few ways. For starters, where's your shirt, homeboy? 
What happened to it? But no, just kidding. That's a we can't. That's an ad hominem. We don't want to. We don't want to bring. I that feel up. like the no shirt is just a given at this point when it's those types of videos. Yeah. Like, but there, there's several reasons that's wrong. So essentially, credentials. Wrapping here's my my credentials. You mean this? The, <laughs> the okay. So final note on that is stop thinking you have to earn the food you eat. Not because it's not an unhealthy way of thinking, because it just legitimately is not how your body works. It does not mm. make sense logically. It is not a good way to approach your nutrition and approach your training. Yeah. Focus on just being the best you can in these areas and the best you can in your nutrition and just keep going because that progress is going to take time. So I think that's the final note I want to yep. put on it. Is there any little presence you want to leave? No, I think that's perfect. Really just... And in the beginning, it's going to feel a like a little bit more work to kind of set that, okay, I need to move a little bit more. Thinking about how you can do it, where you can fit it into your life. Like you are going to have to think about it a little bit more, but eventually it will become a habit. It will become second nature. Be consistent with it. Mm -hmm. Like anything. That's my final note. Dropping notes. Here we go. Well. <laughs> thank you all so much for being on here. Now, this is and always will be a free podcast. And the easiest way you guys could support us right now while you're listening to it on Apple, Spotify, wherever, is if you go out right now, you can even keep listening to my my voice in your ear. Hold my hand. I'll be your guide. Go out <laughs> and you can just rate it five stars. Well, if you don't think it's worth five stars, then I want you to be honest. But a five-star rating, it's free. It's quick. It takes you 10 seconds. That would be massive to help push this message to other people. We thank you for that and everyone who already has rated. And you all know where to find us, fs.pod on Instagram, on TikTok. Twitter, which we have, but we don't use, which we will, maybe. And a lot of new changes <laughs> coming out soon. So keep an eye on us. Subscribe to us on YouTube. I always leave it out, Mariana, what I miss. Anything? Or is that pretty good? I don't think you missed anything. I think that's perfect. We did it. Okay. It's going to be a good rest of our day. <laughs> have a beautiful day. As always, we love you. Be safe. Yes. Have a productive rest of your day. Move a little bit. Get up and move. We'll talk to you soon. I can't end it. You got to end it. Man. Out for a second. That was